Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to News from the Torah. This is Leah Aroni. Today is the 14th of September, 2022, and the 18th day of the Hebrew month of Elul. This week we will be reading the Torah portion of Kitavo. We are just 12 days away from the end of the year, away from Rosh Hashanah. And today is a very special and auspicious day. Today, the 18th day of Elul, or as it is called, Chai Elul. Chai is, means life in Hebrew, and Chai is also the numerical value of 18. So today, Chai Elul is the birthday of two leaders of the Hasidic movement, of the Baal Shem Tov, who established the Hasidic movement in Ukraine, and since then it has spread throughout the world, and of Rabbi Shner Zaman of the Adi, also known as the Alta Rebbe or the Balatanya, the author of the Tanya, which is the first systematic explanation of the Hasidic approach to life and of the Baal Shanto's um, approach to Torah and to Judaism. And this day is very, very special. First of all, like I said, we're 12 days away from Rosh Hashanah. The whole month of Elul is a very auspicious time to take stock of our year, of our life, where we're holding, what's happening, are we on the right path to where we want to go, what are the obstacles that are preventing us from getting the most out of our life. And we have just 12 days left of the year. And the idea is that actually one, each one of these days represents one month of the year. So if for the next 12 days we'll look over our calendar, we review our year and take one month um, at a time, one day for one month. So one day we'll look at what did I do during Tishrei, okay, during the month of the holidays. And then next day, what did I do during the month of Cheshvan? And then the next day, what did I do around Hanukkah time? Like review your year day by day, Take a few minutes every day to review a year, which is really the essence of tshuva. The essence of tshuva is to review our year and to see where I can go back to doing better. Tshuva is all about returning to our better place, not repentance in the sense of I'm bad, I'm not good, I have to be different. But on the contrary, tshuva is all about returning. What that means is that you are amazing, excellent, loved, endowed with so many gifts, but unfortunately we don't always live up to our potential. So tshuva is all about returning back to our potential, being the best version of ourselves, returning to the place where we were um, created by God to serve a unique mission. And with this in mind, I would like to discuss a central idea of the Baal Shem Tov, that is this brought down in the Tanya, and it's an idea that really, really helps me in my life to come out of almost any situation, to maintain my emotional equilibrium no matter what happens, 
and to take the di different uh, challenges and vicissitudes of life was a certain sense of equanimity. This idea actually played out in my life <laughs> very strongly just yesterday. Yesterday at 6 o'clock, I was supposed to give a class over Zoom to a group of 15 women. It's a class that I give together with the Small Business Administration here. It is um, especially for women who just arrived from Ukraine as a result of the war. And in this series, we aim to give women financial independence tools and to teach them how to find jobs in Israel or how to start a small business so that at the end of the series, they can basically find their direction and start creating a better financial and economic future for themselves in Israel. So like I said, at six o'clock, I was about to give my class, but I was on my way back from Tel Aviv and then traffic got bad and then a meeting I was supposed to have moved around and um, between the traffic and the meeting and everything happening, um, basically at six o'clock I found, I knew, you know, quarter to six that I won't be able to make it home because I was stuck in traffic. So I said, okay, plan B, plan B is I'm going to park my car get out, find a quiet spot, and give my class on Zoom over the phone, which is what I proceeded to do. I parked my car, uh, found a quiet spot, um, turned on Zoom, and then I noticed that my battery will not last the three hours I need for the Zoom session. So I um, called the coordinator and told her that, and she said, okay, there's somebody else who is supposed to come in and give a certain piece of your class anyway, so get into your car and find another parking spot, and, you know, in your car you can charge your, your phone. Fine. I get into the car. I drive out of the parking lot. I, I, you know, plug my phone into the charger in the car, and sure enough, I start to give my class, and... You know, we'd spend the next two hours talking to have my presentation, but you know, that's okay, you do what you can. And part of this class was teaching people how when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And literally, as I'm saying the words, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, my phone dies. It turns out that the car charger was charging over the phone. Uh, more slower than it was losing power. So um, I did give most of my class, but they couldn't give the last half an hour. So, you know, you stand there and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I'm not at home, so I don't have an alternative um, communication uh, device. My power is out. I can't even call anybody to tell them what's happening. So I decided that I'm going to drive home. And um, I was driving home. And I was supposed to go to Tvadut right afterwards. A party to celebrate the birthday of the Balshem of the Balatanya, and I shared the story. And together with the story, I shared a powerful teaching that we learned from the Balshem And by the way, as soon as my phone uh, got some of its power back, I messaged everybody on WhatsApp that I'm going to take the last 25 minutes of class. I'm going to record them as a video message and send them on WhatsApp so we can make up the learning, which is what we did. Which is like you make lemons out of lemonade. You can't give it on Zoom. So today we use other tools and we create it as a video message and we send it for people to use. So what's the teaching that enabled me to go through this whole story, to this whole challenge, to this whole very challenging and nerve-wracking day and still come out in one piece and not go crazy from stress? The teaching that the Baal Shem Tov teaches and which the Balatanya brings down is that the world was not created 
on the first day of creation. When God says in the beginning of Genesis, Breshid, Breshid Baalokim, in the beginning God created the world, um, that's not the point of creation. That's only one point of creation. And since then, every single moment, God recreates the world anew. It's a hard idea for us to wrap our head around, but if we think of the world of cinematography, a world of movies, we know that in the movies, every scene is a separate picture. And then just because they run by us so fast, or in animation, every scene is a separate picture. Just because they run so fast, it seems to be one long story with beginning, middle, and end. But in reality, every single picture is a single picture. Every single scene is a single picture. So the same is true of the world. Every single moment is a separate creation. And just like an animator draws every single scene anew and designs every single scene anew exactly as he planned it, exactly as part of his uh, intent, of the story of where he wants to get to and every single story every single scene in the movie is that drawing that's specifically crafted for that moment in the movie just like that every single moment of creation is a separate creation that the creator designed and executed exactly as it needs to be for our ultimate purpose in life and for the ultimate purpose of the world. So what does that mean? If my phone died exactly at the moment when I was saying, life gives you lemons, make lemonade, 25 minutes before the end of my class, as frustrating as that may be for me, what that means is that that moment was supposed to be exactly that way. That's how God wanted that. God wanted the, my phone to run out of power. And God wanted me to be stuck in traffic. And uh, God wanted me not to remember to plug my phone into the wall. It might sound like abducting uh, responsibility, but really it's not. Because yes, we are responsible for our actions. The two things do not contradict each other. We're definitely responsible for our action. Every single person is responsible for his or her actions and for the waves and the domino effects that we create. But ultimately, God protects every person. Nobody can do to you something that God doesn't want to happen to you. And in the end, everything that happens to us, every single moment is for our ultimate good. And it's exactly the way it is supposed to be. I remember one time I was meeting with a business consulting client of, my, of mine, a woman, an older woman, and um, the previous client left and she came in and it was like a minute late into her session and my son called at that moment. And I was a little bit, you know, um, conflicted, like it's this woman's time and her session is now, but also my son is calling, so um, what should I do? So then I decided, no, my child really takes preference. I told the woman, I'm sorry, you know, we'll just take one minute. And I answered the phone and I proceeded to talk to my son. And But then I felt a little bit bad about it. And then she said, you know, this moment when you answered your son to, um, to answer his needs, that was such a powerful message for me. Because 
in my world, business is cutthroat. In my world, in the way I see things, people who do business don't care about anybody. They don't care about their families. You know, they're just out there to make money. They don't care about anything. But seeing you answer your son's phone and uh, taking, making that priority over your business meeting, that really drove the message for me that there is another way to do business, that you can be there for your family, you can be attentive to your family, um, you can be human, and you can still do business. So what for me was an uncomfortable moment and a moment of conflict was actually specifically designed to send this woman the right message. And I have an inkling that the story with my phone yesterday when it ran out um, might be there to illustrate to the women in the class that even in situations that seem to be very uncomfortable, um, there's always a way out. And sometimes hearing things is not as potent as seeing them. Sometimes when you see things, how things play out, it's much more potent and the lesson is much stronger. So once again, the idea is that every single moment is specifically designed exactly the way it is for your own good. And if you take that approach, if you take that approach, then you understand that every single moment of your life is full of potential and opportunity because God designed it this way. Think about it. If somebody sends you a FedEx or a registered mail package, right, with your name on it, no matter how dirty the package, and maybe it got dirty, maybe it got bumped up on its way, maybe it's, um, you know, the box got all um, out of shape. If you know that somebody took the time to send you a registered mail package, a FedEx package with your name on it, then you know that there is something valuable inside. And no matter how dirty or beat up the box looks from the outside, you will open the box because you're sure that there's something of value inside. Otherwise, it wouldn't be sent to you this way. So the same thing happens in life. Every single moment is a FedEx, a registered mail package from God. Sometimes these packages look beautiful and designer and amazing and they make us look good and we look, feel so good about getting this package. And sometimes these packages are really dirty and beat up and we sort of have to unpack them to find meaning, to find the opportunity inside that package. But every single minute of our life is a packet of energy of life that has a unique opportunity inside. And what we focus on is what grows. This beautiful um, concept in psychology that's called the locus of control. What is your locus of control? What is the point of control on which you concentrate? And the two ways people behave in this world. The certain people have an internal locus of control. In other words, at every moment they ask inside to look at things that they control. What are the things that I control in every situation? And when they look inside of the internal locus of control, what can I do in every situation? Then they always find something to do. Then there are other people who have the, an external locus of control. External locus of control is always looking outside of yourself to see what controls your life. 
So when something happens and you look inside and you say to yourself, okay, this is a situation. What do I control? What can I do? Now, here are some things that are always under your control. Your thoughts. The Hasidic movement teaches us, the Baal Shem Tov teaches us, that wherever our thoughts are, this is where you are. And your thoughts are always under your control. You can always choose which thought to think. The second point is that the thoughts that you think create the emotional situation that you are in. Okay, and I'm not talking about people who have any kind of pathology, psychiatric illness. I'm not talking about those cases. That's a special subset. But for people who are healthy, regular people, we have control over our thoughts. And our thoughts color our emotional state. If I think happy, empowering thoughts, I will feel happy and empowered. If I feel think sad, disempowering thoughts, I will feel sad and disempowered. When I think a bad thought, a disempowering thought, a sad thought, a thought that is really not adding to my life, I can always notice that and just switch to something else because you can only think one thought at a time. So let's give this an example, okay? Um, white elephant. Think about white elephant right now. Now, if I say think about white, white elephant, what you're thinking about? White elephant. Okay, now try this. Do not think about white elephant. Do not think about white elephant. Okay, what are you thinking about? <laughs> I can pretty much assure you thinking about white elephant. Because you cannot tell yourself what not to think. But here is how to do it. Now switch your thought to anything else. If you don't want to think about the white elephant, choose another thing to think about. Just look around your room right now. Choose one object and put your focus on that object and think about that object. Okay, I'm sure that as soon as you did that, you forgot all about the white elephant. You see how easy that was? Whatever you think about, you can always switch your thought by finding a different focus. So if something is happening in your life and you're obsessing about that thing that happened, and you keep thinking about, oh, how should she do that to me? Oh my God, how who, could he say that? Oh, that person hates me. Oh, my boss is such a jerk. Oh, the weather, it's so disgusting. Oh, I feel so stressed about the holidays that are coming up. Oh, I don't know what to do about my bills. Okay, each one of those thoughts is not taking you to good places. The only thing you have to do is to find a different thing to focus on. And as soon as you focus on something else and give it a little bit of time, your emotions, the way you feel inside, change. And instead of feeling stressed, if you take the time to think about something else, something more neutral, then this emotional turmoil comes down. And when the emotional turmoil comes down, you are more in a good place to make good decisions because when you're under stress and when you're annoyed and when you're frustrated, good solutions don't come because your stress hormones go up. So this is not escape. This is actually a way to 
put aside the things that are getting in your way and open the way for you to find solutions. So like we said, your thoughts are always under your control. And with your thoughts, your emotional state, how you feel about things, is also something that you control. The next thing you can always control is what you say to yourself, your self-talk. Yesterday in this course that I'm giving, one of the women said, I'm in a foreign country. And I said, no, you're not in a foreign country. You're a Jew and Israel is your country. You are in your own country. And she said, yeah, that's true, but it's a new country. I said, okay, that's an entirely different concept. If I'm in a foreign country, that means I'm a foreigner. I don't belong here. Nobody wants me here. People don't care about me, which is all not true. But when you say I'm in a foreign country, this is the message you're sending yourself. When you say I'm in a new country, new means, wow, amazing new possibilities, new adventures. New is good. I'm in a new country. Okay, let's explore. Because what you do in a new country is you explore it. So the words we say to ourselves, the words that we choose, they shape our reality. And we have the power over those words. And the final thing that we always have power over is our own actions. Whatever the thing done to you, your response to that is under your control. This is something that you choose. Your thought, speech, and action, says the Hasidic movement, says the Balatanya, are the things that you always can control. And the point of life is to perfect, to master your locus of control. Your thought, speech, and action. Always coming back to these three components, which are always under your control. And what that does is that expands your possibilities and gives you so much power, so many opportunities. You can always come back in every situation and ask, what can I do now? And now, what can I do now? In these particular circumstances, what can I do? And if you concentrate on what you can do, you will always find some way out. Now, the opposite approach is the external locus of control. Always looking outside yourself at the circumstances of your life and assigning them control. So, for example, some things you do not control. The weather, other people's feelings, other people's actions, what other people think about you other people's demands on you, politics, legislation, the geopolitical situation in the world, illnesses. Sometimes you can do things to cure them, but you don't control that. Basically, you don't control your situation and circumstances in life. You can impact them through your actions, but you can't control many of the things happening around you. The more power we assign to them and the more we concentrate on them, ironically, the less capacity we have to change things, the more frustration and stress we have. Because as humans, we hate dealing with things we can't control. So the more you can focus on your external situation, the more the world acts upon you instead of you acting upon the world. 
So what the Balatanya and the Balshemtov tell us is every single moment is a registered mail package for you waiting for your action. What are you going to do now? How are you going to open it? How are you going to realize it? What are you going to do with it? And just like every moment is a new creation, says the Balatanya, every year is a new download. Just like when you install a new update on your phone or on your computer, a new system, what happens first? You erase the old one. That means at the end of this year, in 12 days, the potential of this year will be over, done, finished. You can never come back. You have 12 days to make the best of this year. Okay? And you can do it by reviewing it, and you can still improve it, even if you didn't have the best year. By looking back at it and taking the lessons of this year, you can draw the lessons to improve it and make sure that all those obstacles and challenges were not for naught. But then, he says to the Balatanya, on the night of Rosh Hashanah, we have a reformatting of our disk, so to speak. Everything we know, all of our consciousness and awareness, everything we know about ourselves and the world is taken away, and you get a clean slate, tabula rasa, and onto this clean slate, on Rosh Hashanah morning, God downloads a completely new download for the coming year. And the download that you get really depends on your capacity, right? Just like every program, every piece of software has hardware prerequisites, the things that you've done until now, the ways that you've behaved until now, where you're at, that really impacts the kind of download that you get on Rosh Hashanah morning, and it's a full download for the coming year. Now, the first day, 10 days of the year, it's like the installation process. You reconfigure the actions that you do, the children that you do, your repentance, uh, your dedication to serving God, how much thoughts you put into this. This is what impacts your ability to make full use of this new program for the coming year. Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year. Like, think of your head, your brains, right? What are you thinking? You're planning. That's the head, the, the awareness that you need for this year. This is what happens in Rosh Hashanah, along with many other things. So if we look at this coming year as an amazing new potential of opportunity, and the fact is what happens in Rosh Hashanah happens every single day. Every single day, in the morning, we get a clean slate, and with our prayers, we bring down a new set of opportunities and potential for that day. And you know, sometimes you wake up a little bit tired and cranky, and you're not all there, and you're not happy about this day. Like, this is the awareness you wake up with. This is the head of the day. And then from there, it just all goes downhill. Yeah, you woke up cranky and annoyed that was the head of your day that's now that's the mental space you're in and then from there it just all goes you know out the window because that's the approach but then there's some days you wake up and you're full of energy and life and you're happy and then the entire day is happy and it doesn't really matter what happens things can go good or bad 
Now you will just use all of that energy and happy feeling to set things right because the head of your day was in a good space. So this is such an important point that every single year, day, and moment is a new creation rife with potential. And everything you believed about yourself a moment ago is certainly not true now because now is a new moment and not true tomorrow because tomorrow is a new day and certainly not true in 12 days from now because that's a new year. But not only you, the people around you are also new. What if you could look at your spouse, at your kids, at your family members with fresh eyes every time you meet them? They are a new person. They're not the same they were five minutes ago because they were just created in you. You were created in you and them. What if we could really live the life with the animation awareness that this moment was created, designed, and drawn for me exactly as it needs to be for my purpose in life? So as we're about to sign off, I wish you a productive week of reviewing your year. I wish you a very happy day today when you take this awareness of the Baal Shem Tov and the Balatani and apply it to your life to stretch your imagination, your ability, your outlook. I suggest that maybe you can share this teaching with a friend to spread the light, to give somebody else the ability to go through life with more calmness, and more equanimity. And maybe if you have a few friends, you can get together for a l'chaim, for a t'vadud, maybe share some thoughts of Torah, some music, um, some food, which is always good to bring people together. So with this, I would like to sign off. I wish you an amazing, amazing week. And I will see you next week for our last show of the year. Bye-bye now. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio 
then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.